This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, indeed, it is Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser of Fox Across America affiliate, KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, filling in. A man who did not go to Harvard. Now, I say this in order to distinguish myself from most of the top officials of the Biden administration who did go to Harvard, either as undergraduates or in graduate school. Here's a partial list. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo. And, and, and most germane to what we're going to talk about here in this opening segment, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg and Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. The members of the Biden administration uh, cabinet most directly connected to the pain we are suffering at the gas station and in the grocery store are all graduates of Harvard. They accordingly believe themselves to be the best and the brightest. And though they are Biden administration officials, they are by no means unique, nor am I singling out Harvard. I'm singling out the elite, mostly Ivy League universities in the Northeast, that have supplied the lion's share of top officials in the United States government for the past 30 years. I'm talking about Harvard. I'm talking about Yale and Princeton and Columbia. And though it's not technically an Ivy League school, Georgetown University in Washington's in the mix. We out here in the provinces have been told all our lives that these elite Northeastern universities are the very best and that ergo some Graduates from these universities are the very best, and we should defer to them because of their superior knowledge, their superior education, and their oh-so-elite credentials. So I'm thinking about all of this yesterday over a solo lunch. I was also thinking about how I would open the show today, and it all comes together. I happen to be eating in a neighborhood favorite near my home in Dallas. It's called Cisco Grill. It's a restaurant of about 20 tables in a space of about 2,500 square feet. It's a family-owned business. The current owner was the general manager for the previous owner. He put everything he had in the world on the line about a decade ago to buy the place. He and his daughters now run it. The food's very good. The prices are reasonable. If you eat there a second time, you get treated as a regular. Cisco Grill survived COVID largely because of intensely loyal customers, which included my wife and me, along with dozens of our neighbors, who were determined that it survive. This small business and the family that owns it are the very embodiment of the American dream. Okay, so what does this have to do with Harvard and the top Biden administration officials who went there? Well, I'll tell you how this all knits together. It knits together out of the thought I had yesterday while lunching that if any of these best and brightest highly educated, highly credentialed Bidenites were put in charge of running Cisco Grill, the place would be closed in six months. That's because for all of their elite institution education, none of them has the first clue as to how things in the real-world economy work. 
They have absolutely no idea how a small business survives and thrives. And if the truth were to be told, they look down their noses upon small business owners anyway. Never mind that small business is the very backbone of the American economy. Nor do these Bidenites, and they're with all of their Harvard and all of their Ivy League credentials, appreciate the fact that small business owners do not have the luxury of clinging to, Italy, clinging to ideology. I can tell you this from personal experience. I have been an independent small business radio station owner for 31 years, week after next. In that time, I have made a lot of mistakes, and one of the biggest being clinging for too long to an idea that looked good on paper that I liked but wasn't working out in the real world. And I think all small business owners do that. Eventually, no matter how good something looks on paper, if it's not working and if your business is losing money, you have to give up on it. I've done it. The owners of Cisco Grill have done it. Every small business owner has done it. Changed course when something wasn't working. It's how you survive. It's the only way you survive. They teach apparently nothing about this and about small business at Harvard and Yale. And you see the result in the complete unwillingness of this administration to change course, even though what they're doing is clearly not working. Joe Biden, President Biden, could do himself some good, his party some good, and lest we forget it's what matters the most, the country some good, if he would change course in just one area of policy. That area is energy. There are a ton of factors contributing to the inflation we're suffering and the impact that inflation is having on poor and middle-class households. But I argue that no single factor is impacting inflation more greatly than what we're paying for energy. The cost of fuel, the cost of transportation, gets cranked into the price of every single thing that we buy. Yet Biden doggedly continues the energy policy he put in place literally in the first hours of his presidency. The other night on Hannity on the Fox News Channel, Trump Administration National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow summed up Biden energy policy like this. It's cut two. Everything Biden does is permeated by this, you know, leftist climate change Green New Deal. He really believes that we can abolish fossil fuels. He said it many times. And he really believes that this uh, high price of oil will be ameliorated, mitigated uh, with the use of renewables. And I got a bulletin for him. Fossil fuels, 80 percent of our power right now. The renewables, you know, maybe four or five percent. It's not going to happen. But they're stubborn and narcissistic and self-centered. And believe themselves to be the smartest people in the world. Let's not get bogged down here in a debate about electric vehicles. A couple of friends of mine have Teslas. They're gorgeous cars. My friends can afford them. They cost a lot of money. The commuting patterns and transportation needs of these guys are met by owning Teslas. But we can't all own a Tesla even if we want to. You cannot replace 200 million gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles overnight. We don't have enough lithium to make the batteries. The electric grid in its present state cannot take on the burden of charging millions upon millions of electric cars. Kudlow is therefore right. A big, sudden conversion to renewable renewables, which would include electric vehicles, 
isn't going to happen. Yet the administration's pursuing an energy policy that's trying to make that untenable proposition a reality anyway. And people are suffering as a result. Most particularly the very people the Democrats say they care about most. People that are, that are living paycheck to paycheck. People that are, that are on the lower rungs of the economic ladder. Young people. People who don't have the, the, the education or the skills to command a lot of money in the marketplace. Minorities. The people who are least able to afford high gasoline prices are the people who are suffering the most. If an item at Cisco Grill isn't selling, it gets taken off the menu. Here's the difference between the guy who owns Cisco Grill and President Joe Biden. If it's not working for him, he takes it off the menu. If something that's selling well costs more to make than they can sell it for, the price gets adjusted. If the customers won't pay the price, the item is gone. Small business owners are smart enough, and in fact, the reality is such that they eventually have to recognize when something isn't working and make, make the necessary change. If they don't, they die. But for all of their elite university training, the top leaders in our government aren't. If Biden had spent some time at Cisco Grill getting an education in the way the real world works, he'd be capable of saying something like this. And I'm writing words for President Biden. Here's what he needs to say. He needs to go on go on a, on a national address from the Oval Office and say, I continue to believe in green energy and in reducing our need for fossil fuels. I don't, on the side, we could have a whole talk show on that, but let's let him say it. But I now realize that I tried to do too much too fast, so I'm going to ease the restrictions on fossil fuels that I put in place at the start of my administration in order to give the free market time to catch up and to bring about an orderly transition in our nation's energy policy, end quote. If Biden were to go on TV tonight and say that, the Dow would go up 2,000 points tomorrow. His poll numbers would begin to rebound. Inflation would start to ease. Confidence would grow. His wacko left-wing base notwithstanding, prospects for the Democratic Party would begin to improve. The guy who owns Cisco Grill knows this. I know this. Anybody who owns a small business knows this. No doubt you know it too. But if you went to Harvard and now work in government, you haven't a clue about this. And that's why we are in the trouble that we're in, and that's why 85% of the country believes we're on the wrong track, and that's why people are having a tough time making ends meet, being able to drive to work, drive home from work, afford the groceries on the money that they make. That's why inflation is the, is the huge problem that it is. It is time for the administration to change course. What they're doing is not working. Small business owners who are put in the place of seeing that what they're doing is not working don't have the luxury of clinging to their ideology. Small business owners have to say, this isn't working, and they have to change course. And that's what this administration needs to do. And of course, it's not going to, and we are all going to suffer as a result. We're going to talk about that today. That's going to be kind of our our overarching theme here on Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser filling in. This administration's unwillingness to to accept the reality of the fact that their administration is not working it's costing the democratic party it's 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 such that uh candidates for congress and governor in ohio 
didn't want within a thousand miles of Joe Biden yesterday when he was when he was in Ohio. It accounts for the for the just the general funk that we find ourselves in. The administration needs to change course. What they're doing isn't working, and that's the difference between business and government. In government, people like Joe Biden can afford their uh, their uh, prejudices. They can afford their preconceptions. People in the real world can't. Something has to change. That's what we're going to talk about here on Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser filling in for Jimmy Fallon. It's always fun we get to do this. KTBB Radio that I own in Tyler Longview, Texas, is an early, early adopter of Fox Across America. Love having the show here on the radio, uh, on the radio station. Love it being a part of our lineup, and I love getting to getting to be a part of uh, making the show happen. So I appreciate the fact that we have such a great forum here. The rules are the same as they are when Jimmy's in the chair. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a jerk. Let's talk about all this stuff. We have a good show lined up. Congressman Kevin Brady of Texas <clears throat> will join us uh, very shortly. Next hour, we have Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, the union that represents the agents of the United States Border Patrol, in another area where the administration needs to admit that what they're doing isn't working and change course. Later in the show, we have Pat Fallon, Congressman Pat Fallon, also from my home state of Texas, and also Congressman Kevin Hurd from our neighbor to the north in Oklahoma. And, of course, we have you. We have you at 888 888- 788-9910. We'll be taking your calls today. I love taking calls. 888-788-9910. I'm Paul Gleiser. I'm sitting in for the vacationing Jimmy Fela. I'll be here today and again tomorrow. Jimmy returns on Monday, and we're going to have a great show here at Fox Across America. More of the show coming up. Stick around. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. He's a good-looking Italian. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. On the line with us is Representative Kevin Brady from the 8th Congressional District of Texas down near Houston. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for being here. Well, Paul, thanks for having me. And it's great to have another Texan, uh, especially an East Texan, uh, having this show today. My One of my congressional districts used to run up the Louisiana border up to Toledo Bend in that area. And tell you what, it was just a delight to represent that region. 
Well, thank you, sir. Listen, in the in the monologue before we came to you, I was saying that a small business owner who looks at the results of business and say it's not working would have no choice but to change course. It's time for the, this administration to just look at reality and say what we're doing is not working, and perhaps we should change course on energy, on immigration, go down the list. What say you? Yeah, so I think you're right on target. Look, I think most Americans have figured out the Biden economy is a very cruel economy. I mean, you've got right now reports of people, because of inflation and rising prices, 40-year high, people are skipping meals, eliminating meat, uh, using their credit cards for just essential purchases. Some really bad numbers, I think, 26 million Americans have had their savings wiped out because of Biden inflation here over the last year. And this is really troubling. So we've got people who work their whole lifetime to retire. One in four Americans now tell us they are delaying retirement because they can't make uh, ends meet uh, with Joe Biden in the presidency. And I think that's why his uh, his approval numbers are just at a record level low. People have lost complete confidence in his ability to lead, especially on the economy. Well, you're in Washington. It- are they engaged in self-delusion? Are they just doggedly uh, ideological? Or when you when you look at these results, why is there no hint that maybe they might adjust? They are abs- there is absolutely no self-awareness, Paul, uh, from Democrats in the White House or in Congress. They're convinced the socialist experiment is amazing, and they just need to communicate better to the American people. But the truth is, American people get this in a big way, and they are getting crushed on the economy. We've got a horrible worker shortage and high prices for small businesses. Uh, We've got a border crisis, certainly for states like ours, that is just... I think cruel, you know, uh, in in all that it is, plus rising crime. I think working women haven't had it this bad in decades. So they're seeing, you know, a dangerous um, baby shortage, uh, baby form shortage, rising crime, rising prices. And if you're a women-owned business, you're facing both a worker shortage and double-digit inflation on the things you buy. And so, look, I think Americans – You know, the president can blame anyone he wants and go to Ohio a hundred times to boast about the economy. But real people trying to live their lives, well, they are just – it is a painful, painful time. Representative Kevin Brady from the 8th Congressional District of Texas on the line with us. In in about the minute we have left, Congressman, you're up on Capitol Hill. What are your Democrat colleagues in the Congress saying? Is there a recognition of how much trouble the Democrats are in? Privately, absolutely. I think that's why they're getting desperate, trying to push everything through the House and the Senate they can. And as you know, you know they're still trying to do this Build Back Better, trillion-dollar spending and tax hike bill. There's no the chance Senate. of that. There's no chance well, of that. Why try? I think they I think they think they can get this put together by the end of July. They have not given up on the socialist experiment. So that is my number one priority right now is stopping those tax hikes on small businesses uh and companies in America, uh families in America. Uh and so that's gonna be the biggest challenge here over the next few weeks. Well, it's listen, you know, it, it's a it's astonishing to me, Congressman, just how quickly in a in a short amount of time 
we went from a, an economy that was bouncing uh, back nicely from COVID to uh, we're just we're just sinking into this this uh, go back to the Carter years malaise. Congressman uh, Kevin Brady from the Eighth District of Texas, thanks so much for being a part of the program thanks, today. Paul. Appreciate it. More of Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela is coming up. I hope you will stick around because I'm going to. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. It is Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Listen, I want to shamelessly promote myself. I write a weekly column at, uh, at a website called youtellmetexas.com. We named it that because I say what I think and then I invite your comment. youtellmetexas.com. I write that column every week. And I wrote one on January the 21st of 2021, the first full day of the Biden administration. And I wrote as follows, uh, just a portion. Donald Trump's election in 2016 was a symptom. It was, a, it was a symptom of societal disease brought about by the fact that the previous two decades under administrations and congresses of both parties <clears throat> were times of endless wars, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, the stagnation of wages, the hollowing out of the middle class, the exportation of manufacturing and its middle class supporting wages, millions of poor, uneducated social services consuming illegal immigrants pouring across the U.S.-Mexico border, and the rise of a malignant, malfeasant China that was gaining economic and military power at the expense of the United States and its citizens. I wrote that on the first full day of the of the Biden administration, talking about what had been addressed successfully during the previous four years. All of these problems that are detailed in that paragraph are all now back on the march again under the Biden administration. Add to that list of problems rampant crime in our biggest cities, terrible, terrible crime, and and way beyond just these horrible mass shootings. I'm talking about day by day by day by day crime in our cities, um, massive shoplifting, um, uh, r- routine uh, street murder on the streets of Chicago. Crime is is destroying once great American cities and also add the problem of the worst inflation that we've had in 40 years, making everyday life increasingly unaffordable for ordinary Americans. Joe Biden was elected on the premise that he was the the adult in the room. He was the anti-Trump. He would restore civility to government. He would bring back normal uh, he would. He said the word unite. I counted one time. I don't remember what the count was. He said unite or united in his inaugural address uh, 50 or 60 times. He was going to bring us all together. That was the premise under which Joe Biden was elected. How's that working out for you? 
And so I'm back to if if it's clearly not going well for the president of the United States, why can't he do what anybody who runs a business might do, which is to say, evaluate where things are, evaluate where they're going and saying, this isn't working, we need to change. I think, again, as I said in the opening segment, if you look at the biggest single driver of, uh, of inflation, the biggest single component is transportation and energy costs. And Biden could plausibly come out and say, look, I still believe in green energy. I still believe that we need to transition to electric vehicles. I still believe that we need to transition to renewables. But it is clear to me now, after a year and a half in office and seeing what we've seen, that we tried to do too much too fast. And so I'm going to change our policy. We're going to go back to some of the policies we had in place when I took office. We're going to ease restrictions on the production of fossil fuels. And then he could say to appease the green base, but with an eye toward eventually reducing and eliminating our need for fossil fuel. But he could he could plausibly say for now, while we're making this long, costly transition, in order to make life better for American families, in order to ease these inflationary pressures, in order to make life easier for people on the lower rungs of the economic ladder, I'm going to encourage our U.S. energy industry to to uh, begin producing the way they were uh, when before I took office. He could do that. And yes, the, the, the AOC would howl. And yes, the left greenies would howl. But a lot of people would cheer, including the market, including Democrats, those, the, those million people that have switched parties across 43 states over the past several months. People would cheer that. People would say, okay, I can support a Democrat again. I don't want Democrats supported. But if I'm thinking selfishly as Joe Biden, if he would just simply back off a little bit, he could improve his own prospects. He could improve his party's prospects. And the, and the candidates for governor and, and, um, and Congress in the state of Ohio, where he was yesterday, wouldn't have irreconcilable uh, schedule conflicts and avoid being seen with him. The way it works in the real world, when something you're doing isn't working, you change course. You do say, okay, that's not working. It's very, very clear Sorry. that what the, what, the, the, what the Biden, that's my watch just went off. It's, it's enjoying the show. It's very clear that the Biden administration policies that he's put in place aren't working. You can see it in the poll numbers. You can see it in the economic data. You can see it in the fact that 85% of Americans believe that we're on the wrong track. And it would not be that hard to just back off a little bit. And as I said earlier, if he were to simply modify energy policy and say, I'm going to reduce the restrictions that I put in place at the start of my administration on the American energy industry, I'd promise you the the dow would be up 2000 points within a couple of days the market would react favorably the electorate would re, would react favorably prospects for uh, democrats down the ballot from biden would improve it would be in his own interest and oh by the way it would be in the interest of the country but instead we have this this ideological lockdown and the and the an unwillingness to recognize the reality that you're not going to get to renewables and electric cars overnight and if you try to do it if you try to do it overnight you're going to inflict an enormous amount of pain 
on the very people that you say you care about the most. This is what I don't understand. This is why for all of the reasons that you that you might have to um, not like Donald Trump's style, the fact is Donald Trump did recognize reality. He, he, um, he was enough of the real world by having built a lot of buildings to know what, it's, what life is like for a guy who hangs drywall for a living or the guy who pulls wire, an electrical contractor. He understood what life is like out on the line. And the vast majority of people in government today in the Biden administration do not. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. And that's going to be kind of the theme we talk about here on the show all day today for, for, the, for the rest of this hour and the remaining two. Why is it that we can't, when things are not working, change course? Is it just, are we just so politically hidebound and so enslaved by our base uh, politically that you can't say, all right, we, our, our, our hard left or our hard right base believes this, but the fact is it's not working. We need to change. A small business owner would have, would have changed course by now. Would have, by, out, not out of any ideological desire, but out of the f- pure reality. If what you're doing is not working and you're losing money, you have to change what you're doing. And we are so ideologically hidebound in our politics now that we just go doggedly down this path. And the and all of us out here suffer, and we're paying $5 a gallon for gasoline, and people are not taking vacations, and people are, as Representative Brady said, choosing not to eat meat and doing all these kinds of things to compensate because simply there's not enough money to make it work. All of that here we're going to talk about on Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. If you're here from KTBB. FM and AM, Tyler Longview, Texas, and at youtellmetexas.com. We have, coming up in the, in the next segment, we have um, the, uh, uh, the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Brandon Judd. He's going to talk about another area of Biden policy where clearly a change needs to be made. That's coming up here, Fox Across America, with Paul Gleiser sitting in. Stick around. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Years ago, I was uh, staying in a hotel, and I had uh, breakfast in the coffee shop, and at that hotel, you had to walk up to the cashier and add him your uh, check, and, the, and the, the cashier had to check you out, and she was new at it, and she didn't know how to work the terminal, and she just kept pushing in keys, and it'd beep angrily, and she just pushed the same keys and beep angrily again. She just kept doing that. didn't change anything. And people were lining up, the line getting longer and longer, and the guy in front of me couldn't check out, and he didn't could any of the rest of us. And she doggedly refused to change course. She just kept doing the same thing over and over again, the definition of insanity. And that's what we're talking about here on the show today. It's not working for the Biden administration, yet they won't change course at all. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon and um, doing the show from uh, my radio station, KTBB in Tyler Longview, Texas. And on the line with us, we have Brandon Judd who is the president of the National Border Patrol Council, the union that represents Border Patrol agents. Brandon, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for being here. Paul, it's good to be with you. Thank you. Listen, I've been talking the first hour here about the fact that the Biden administration has embarked upon a, on a list of policies, none of which is working, in which they will not yet change anything they're doing, and that would include policy with respect to our southern border. Just paint the picture for us. 
Well, I think the first thing that we have to understand is is we have to recognize that President Biden truly believes that he's a one-term president. So he's going to act like he's lame duck. He's going to implement policies that are far-left liberal policies that are going to hurt America, and that's what we're seeing on the border today. When, when you look at the numbers, I thought back in, um, in March of, of 21, I thought that he was going to change course when we hit numbers that we just hadn't seen before. Um, he didn't. I thought that we were going to have a ceiling. When you look at the numbers that, that, that we're dealing with, when you look at uh, uh, nearly a quarter million apprehensions in one month, a quarter million, we should be apprehending between 30,000 and 40,000 people in a month at this time of the year. We're at a quarter million people. He's not going to change course because he's trying to appease um, his base. He's trying to get as many liberal policies across the finish line as he possibly can, and that's the reason why we're dealing with this. But it's not just a quarter million apprehensions. It's the gotaway. That's the scary part. It's the drugs. It's knowing that our agents are doing administrative duties rather than actually being out on the border patrolling. And the cartels, they are controlling every single facet of what's going on the border. They're dictating to us what our operations are because they know that all they have to do is flood our resources with illegal border crossers. It pulls us out of the field because now we have to transport. We have to process. We have to do hospital watch. We have to do detention security, and that pulls agents out of the field, and it creates artificial gaps in our coverage, and when those gaps are created, that's when they run their higher-value products. It should be no surprise to anybody that the amount of drugs that there are on the streets today, it corresponds with illegal immigration. Talk to any police officer, any deep PS officer, any sheriff um, deputy, and they will tell you there are more drugs on the street today than ever in the history of the United States, and it all corresponds with illegal immigration because the cartels know what they're doing, and the Biden administration understands this, and they're complicit. So, uh, Brandon Judd, the president of the National Border Patrol Council, is on, on the air with us uh, here at Fox Across America. You know, the, the, the local sheriff here in the, in the county where, where I'm sitting will absolutely tell you that, but so will the, the local sheriff all the way up in uh, in uh, Minnesota will tell you the same thing. It's spreading across the country. It's not limited to border states. No, it's not. It's not. And it's not. It's the, it's the drugs. It's the criminal aliens. It's the aliens from special interest countries. Um, it's these people that are being released into the United States under, under Biden's policies. They're going everywhere. It doesn't stay in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California. It goes throughout the entire United States. It goes to the to the heartland, to Iowa, um, like you said, to Minnesota. It goes up to our eastern um, um, states, even as far as Maine. Um, it goes throughout the entire United States. We had more overdose deaths last year than we have in the history of the United States, and we're on pace to break that number. We have to ask ourselves, why isn't this White House, why isn't this administration prioritizing United States citizens over the profits of the cartels? It's based upon this administration's policies that these cartels are able to generate billions of dollars of revenue, and we have to ask ourselves, why? Why would he be doing this? And the only answer is he wants to get as many liberal policies across the finish line as he possibly can. In addition to the uh, to the the drug problem, the the very act of trying to come here is extremely dangerous. We had this absolutely horrific story about ten days ago here in Texas, in San Antonio. Fifty-one people found dead in the back of an eighteen-wheeler. Representative Myra Flores was on uh, Laura Ingram the other night. Uh, and she was saying how the, the how the the human impact on the migrants. It's cut number eleven. 
they're, you know, the ones that are encouraging people to come here to the United States, uh, knowing the dangers. They encourage people to go through this dangerous journey, knowing women will get raped, knowing children will be put into child sex trafficking. They know that but yet they encourage people to come here. Look, uh, the blame is all on the Biden administration. So, Brandon, what do you see with respect to the impact on the actual migrants that are, that are coming across? What is life like for them? Well, the rule of law is what keeps us safe. The rule of law is what keeps even migrants safe. If we're not encouraging people, if we're not releasing them into the United States, that's the magnet. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris, can, she can talk about root causes as much as she wants. Those root causes has exi- have existed since I've been alive. Um, but what the real root cause right now is, is what we call catch and release. People crossing our borders illegally, being released into the United States, or in other words, being rewarded for violating our laws. And that's what's drawing so many people. That's the magnet. That's the root cause. And when you do that, when you basically encourage people, telling them that we're going to ignore the law and just reward you, that's going to continue to encourage people to come. And when they come, they're going to put themselves in the hands of some of the most dangerous um, people in the entire world. Um, you know, uh, Representative Flores uh, says that, that, that they're raped. They're not just raped. They're murdered at times. We see all of the carnage that is going on, and it's all based upon our policies. If we, if we actually enforce the rule of law, what this country was built upon, what made us the greatest country in the world, if we actually enforce the rule of law, we would be saving lives. We would be stopping these criminal cartels from harming um, victims that, that – not necessarily innocent, but vulnerable victims, these vulnerable women and children, we would stop these cartels from harming them if we would actually enact policies that enforce the rule of law. Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Council, the minute I have left, what would you have the Biden administration do this afternoon? End catch and release. Hold people in custody pending their deportation or asylum proceedings or re-implement the migrant protection protocols or remain in Mexico. If he did that, illegal immigration would drop to, 40, to, to historic lows, and we would then be able to go after the cartels. We would be able to go after their profits. We would be able to stop the drug smuggling that's coming into the United States. We would be able to stop those people from, from special interest countries like Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon. We would be able to stop them from coming in our country. He has to stop the catch and release, and then we can go after the profits of the cartels. And it really is that simple, is it not? It is. It is. And we've seen it before. We know it's not like we're recreating the will. The will's already there. We know what it is. We know what we need to do. He just won't do it. Brandon Judd, you are the president of the National Border Patrol Council. You represent the people on our border that are supposed to be keeping our safe and are faced with an impossible task. Thanks for being a part of Fox Across America. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Paul. More of the show's coming up. Hope you'll stick around. I'm going to be here. Hope you will be, too. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I'm at KTBB Radio, Tyler Longview, Texas. One of the early adopters of this wonderful program we call Fox Across America. I'm taking your calls. One of my favorite things to do when I fill in is to get to talk to you, listen to you, and just have a conversation. And to do that, the rules are the same when I'm sitting in the chair as when Jimmy's sitting in the chair. 
You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a jerk. We're taking your calls at 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. And to lead off our callers is Tom in Chandler, Texas, near where I'm sitting. Tom, welcome to Fox Across America. Well, hello. I'm sitting in the shade. I just pulled off so I could talk, and it worked out perfect. Uh, it's hot. You better sit in the shade uh, where listen, we are. It is miserable here. I listen to you on on the when you do your you tell me Texas and I always want to call call and talk. Anyway, I really have a simple com- comment or my opinion. Okay. I think the day that the bill to kill Keystone or the order or whatever it was to kill Keystone, I think the oil companies and the energy companies should have had the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, okay. We're going to turn off all energy to the Capitol, to Washington, and even the whole East Coast, just just to let you know the importance of the oil and the pipeline. <laughs> We're going to turn it all off and be done. And then when yeah. you get ready, anyway, that's opinion. Well, I understand that it'd be neat if you could do that. It's, it's somewhat along the lines of our own Governor Greg Abbott here in Texas loading up illegal immigrants and um, uh, putting them on airplanes and buses and shipping them up to Washington, D.C. and disgorging them. It's, you know, if you believe in this stuff, live with the, live with the consequences. I don't know yeah, that there's or, a practical way to implement that policy, but I do get your point, Tom. I mean, they, they like to fly their jets. No jet fuel. No jet fuel. Just make it simple. At least just cut yeah. that off. They can't fly the jet. So anyway, that's my opinion. And I love East Texas. So anyhow. Yeah, I, I appreciate, like I appreciate your – well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you listening and uh, appreciate you being here in East Texas, from which from, from whence this uh, program originates today. If you'd like to be a part of the program, 888-788-9910. In terms of alternate ideas – uh, that we might consider with respect to energy. We have Brian in Wheeling, West Virginia. Brian, you're next on Fox Across America. Well, good day to y'all. Uh, man, you really need to keep going national here. It's a great show. Uh, I agreed with 99.9% of what you said. You bet what you said in your monologue. Um, I, de- I deal within, in- within the energy group. And uh, when, first thing I want to say, just go out and look for a gentleman by the name of John Kansas, Saltwater Burning out on the internet there's visual proof of this but uh years ago All right, so when say, I it, say it again say it again slow say it again slow who are we looking for on the internet john kansas salt water burning he discovered okay. uh he's discovered how to do this in when he was trying to develop a cancer care treatment um that being said I, years ago i was and in what is and it? i met a group of go ahead so what is oh, it yeah. what are we anyway, talking about well, basically, you can ignite salt water, and you can burn salt water instantly to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and when you, those of those that don't know anything about the uh, chemistry, once you burn hydrogen, it turns back to water. So it's completely complete recycle uh, use of uh, water. Um, in addition to that, I met a bunch of veterans okay. back in the uh, 80s, late 80s in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they were World War II vets. They were going across northern Africa. They were stranded out in the middle of the desert, and they swore up and down that they would be dead if uh, they ran out of fuel. Uh, The government dropped off uh, crates of uh, carburetors and water. Uh, They were changed out the carburetors. 
they filled up the equipment with water and they drove out of the desert. The carburetors and everything were confiscated once they got to a safe place. So this technology has been around for a long time. Uh, there's another gentleman well, named Brian, then, Watson. Then permit permit me some skepticism. Yeah. It, it, if it is if it is capable of that, how is mm-hmm. it that nobody uh, has heard of it until this moment? Listening to this show because I've never heard of that. Well, you know, they, you're, it, that's not just the case. People have known about this for a long time. The right people. What people? The issue of it is the issue of it is you have people that are in power that control the money, that control the paradigm, and until you can cut the people that own the grid, that's why they want to go electric. That's why I disagree. Now, if you burn hydrogen to create electricity, I will go along with you, but. Uh, rare earth metals are rare for a reason because they're limited and they will run out. We will not be able to do it. So you're going to have to go to a hydrogen-driven engine to be able to go green completely. I, 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 I agree with you when you say that rare earth uh, minerals, rare earth uh, metals are rare. They're called rare for a reason. And the thing about rare earth is we in the United States, it's a, it's a strategic mineral that we don't have good command of. The Chinese mm-hmm. uh, truly command the market for both lithium and cobalt in the world, the two things that you need in order to build car batteries to run Teslas and Chevy Volts and whatnot like that. That's all. We're yeah. going to trade one despotic regime. We were we were in the thrall of the Middle East uh, uh, petrocrats petro tyrants for decades we're going to swap that for the chinese and the, their tyranny over the things we need to make batteries that makes no sense to me uh and it uh, yeah. and, I, and i would i would posit that the chinese are a far more formidable and scary adversary than the uh, than the saudis and the uh, the 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 countries of opec ever were and so it's as mm-hmm. a consequence between now and then Brian, I don't know about your burning water. I've never heard of it. I can't well, comment on it. Take a look at it. But all uh, right, I will. I promise now, you, I will. But in the but yeah, in the well, meantime, well, in in the meantime, why not why not continue to use that which works? We know that we a have plenty of petroleum, and b that it works. Well, that's just it. Now you're keeping that old paradigm in place. In your monologue, you wanted to go green and switch over to electric. That's the only point I'm making difference of. Uh, you got oil well, and gas I didn't, I didn't say I wanted to do it. Gallon, I, they, they, they produce I, I seven barrels of water for every barrel of oil. Burn the salt okay. water. You have seven times okay. the volume of, of oil. Okay. Well, Brian, let's into it. Give, us one, give it to me one more time so I can look it up. Do the... Okay. His name is John Kansas, and it's K-A-N-Z-I-U-S, burning salt water. There's also another gentleman down in Clearwater, Florida, that was uh, created a car that burned. He said he was burning four ounces of water in 100 miles. Uh, it, it's out there. It's uh, been around okay. since World War II. These veterans swore they would have died in the desert of northern Africa if the U.S. government had not dropped them the carburetors in the water to drive out. All you right, got listen, to pay the uh, Brian, people that control the paradigm. Okay, I'm going to, I'm by gosh, going to look it up. I'm going to find out uh, more than I know now. I've never heard of any of this. It'd be great. we got plenty of water. The oceans yep. are full of it. So, Always all right, well, listen. It, Thanks. I pre- appreciate your call uh, there in uh, Wheeling. And by the way, how, is it hot in Wheeling, West Virginia? 
Okay, he's gone. It's it's sure as hell hot in Texas. We we're uh, we're really suffering here in Texas. If you want to be a part of this program, I'd like for you to do so at 888-788-9910. And in the in the commercial break that's coming up in about three or four minutes, I'm going to look up this guy John Kansius. It's Kansius and see what he's talking about. You know, no disparaging Brian, but that seems a little far fetched. If it were that miraculous, there's no way you'd be able to keep it a secret. So. Uh, who knows what, who knows in the meantime, I'm going to go back to if we are in under enormous inflationary pressure, if gasoline is unaffordable, if it's contributing, if the cost of fuel is contributing in a painful way to the clothes we wear and the food that we eat and the materials we need to, to build and repair our homes. If the cost of transportation and the cost of energy of heating and cooling and transporting goods is is unbearably high, this administration has at its fingertips the capacity to do something about it. The American oil and gas industry, the cleanest, most innovative energy producers in the world can supply American energy needs if they are allowed to do so. I'm sitting in the in in East Texas where where the, where the the East Texas oil field literally saved the world in World War II. We we in this part of the world know something about oil and gas and energy. It's part of what drives our economy. We get it. Oil and gas is what gave us the freedom that Americans enjoy. We no longer have to stick within a few miles of where we're born. We can move around. The ability to just simply get up and go is a huge part of the American economic miracle, and it is being strangled by by leftist, ideologically hidebound uh environmental policy that is negatively impacting and ruining the lives of people particularly on the lower end of the of the economic ladder and that's a policy that could be changed with an executive order today and the market would respond positively joe biden today could do what our our guest brandon judd said of the uh, of the national border patrol council end catch and release the problem of the of the flood of people at our southern border would uh, immediately self update without the uh, without the United States and the taxpayers having to spend an additional dime, and the flow of fentanyl would be reduced, and the and the and the flow of, of criminals coming into the into the country would be reduced, and things would start to get better. And Joe Biden said he wanted to unite the country and make it better. He could do it today, and it would not only make the country better, it would brighten the prospects for his party because his party is facing an absolute shellacking in a few months come November when the midterm elections are held. And people who are who've had enough of this, <clears throat> who are fed up, who can't afford $5 and $6 and $7 gasoline, who can't afford what a, what a, a, a package of chicken breasts at the grocery store now costs, who can't afford the, the things that they need in order to live their lives every day, all of that would start to get better. 
and it would and and it would as i say improve the prospects for ordinary americans it would improve the prospects for people who are predisposed to vote democrat and it would thus improve the prospects for the democratic party and yes the far left crazies on the left the bernie sanders and the aocs they'd howl but who cares because the country would be better and in the end the democratic party would be better it would be more toward the center and we could have real debates between Republicans and Democrats about how to solve our problems. But what's going on now with the kind of with the kind of hard left ideologically hide bound policy that this policy is that this administration is pursuing, everybody, everybody is suffering, except for the very, very, very wealthy. Everybody else is taking it on the chin. This administration could do something about it today. And should, and I don't understand why they don't, given the poll numbers and given the things that they themselves can see, why they continue to pursue things that clearly don't work. What do you think? 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. I'm Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. Hope you'll stay with us. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for uh, Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. we got time to get a call in. Uh, a call from Longview near me, R.D., you're next on Fox Across America. Welcome Yes, sir. How are you today, Paul? I'm great, thank you. What's on your mind? I was just calling to agree with you, per se, about the country, the way it's being run. Uh, The person that's up there that's supposedly taking the blunt of it, uh, Joe Biden, he's not even aware of where he's at, what day it is, or what country he lives in. So the people that are running this country are benefiting from our having to pay the higher prices at the gas pump from the cartels that are running the, the border. Uh, th- there's money going in their pockets. If it was, if the truth was known, that's what's happening, and that's why there's nothing going to be done about it. Well, let's be, let's be fair. How is drug cartel money making into the pockets of Joe Biden? Uh, same way it was with his son, Hunter, that he didn't know anything about his business. Yeah, okay. Same way. I, ain't no different. I don't different know. That, I you know I will. I don't know that you can say and make it stick that Joe Biden is personally profiting from drug trafficking. That you know that the cartels are actually putting money in his pocket. If that is true, if that were to be true, it would be the ultimate impeachable offense. I will say this: he is he is apparently oblivious, or doesn't want to know. The uh, the human cost of, of the border being open the way it is and the flood of illegal drugs, including fentanyl, and the impact that that is having on the very people that he says he cares about the most, which is to say the poor. Because yes, it is, it's disproportionate, the illegal drugs, disproportionate impact on people of low economic means. It disproportionately impacts people of lower education and, 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 and lower economic prospects. And those are the very people the Democrats say they care about the most. Yes, sir. You're correct. That's just what I, I kind of had my – that's my thought on it. 
Okay, listen, uh, Artie, I appreciate it. I'm going to try to squeeze in one more call also from East Texas. Uh, DJ and Tyler, you're up all here on the on Fox Across America. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Good, DJ. you got about a minute, so love, well, tell us what's on your mind. Well, I wanted, I wanted to compare the Democrat Party to the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, the Harlem Globetrotters have, like, 2,000 wins to, like, I, I guess they say they lost 200, but you never you never hear about the 200 losses. The Harlem Globetrotters routinely cheat at everything they do. They have the, the, the referees. It's a show. It's all <laughs> yeah, a show. Yeah, a I show. get it. Of course. <laughs> it, yeah, it's the, a the show. Poor, we get it. We have Washington generals just can't ever seem to get on track. Yeah, we know. Exactly, but the Republicans are the Washington generals. The Democrats are the are the globetrotters, and that the problem is is that no matter even if we win a hundred percent of every seat that's available in twenty two, the Republicans will never undo what Joe Biden's done. So the answer to your question is he's doing what he's doing, just like the globetrotters hide the ball underneath their shirt because they're never going to get called out for it, and they're never going to have the point taken away from them. So at worst, we may hold them for the four years. Say we win in. 24. So we'll hold them. We'll hold them for two years. We'll stop them for a little while. But they know full well that quote unquote Republican, quote unquote conservatives or rhinos that are being elected are going to do nothing to undo all the damage that they've done. They're just going to stand by and and hold it where it's at until the Democrats get again. And they're going to do a hard push like goal line defense. DJ, let me, jump in, let me jump in here in the, in the few seconds that we have left. I'm a bit more optimistic than that because uh, I think a lot of Republicans learned a lot of lessons during the Trump administration. If you stand up to these guys, you can win. Trump showed that for all the good things you want to say about Trump and the bad things. He showed that. I think more, more Republicans have more spine than they have for a long, long time. That's my optimistic view. More of Fox Across America coming up after the break. Stay with us. It is Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela, And among other things, taking your calls, calls at 888-788-9910. On the line with us right now, we have Congressman Pat Fallon, Congressman from the 4th Congressional District of Texas, once uh, a seat once held by my real good friend, Ralph Hall, and also uh, by uh, the former Speaker of the House and uh, legendary Democrat, Sam Rayburn. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining us. Paul, thanks for having me on, and you are a great American, my friend. I hope you had a great fourth. I did have a good fourth, and I hope you did too, even though it is miserably hot here in Texas. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This, well, is, this is miserable. Well, Paul, you know, people don't move to Texas for a refreshingly cool summer afternoon. They move here for liberty, brother, liberty and freedom. <laughs> Listen, I want to – before you came on with us, we've been talking about this uh, the, the first hour and a half of the show – you know, the biggest single driver, I think, to the um, to the inflation problem that is sinking the approval of the Biden administration, biggest single contributor is um, uh, energy prices. Uh, the fact that you know, it costs five dollars a gallon to fill up, and people who are defending um, energy, uh, the energy policy of the Biden administration, are saying two things. They're saying number one that the oil companies are happy to not be producing. They're making more money than, than ever by selling existing reserves for inflated prices and not having to incur the costs of exploration and drilling, that they're happy with what's going on. Now, the number two, even if we produce more, uh, there's no refinery capacity. Do you have anything to say on that? 
Well, okay, a couple of things. The first day in office, Biden issues an executive order to kill the Keystone XL pipeline. We could have about 800,000 barrels of oil a day coming in from Canada. He then, uh, in the first week, issues another decree saying that there's going to be no more uh, permits, at least as for exploration, on federal lands or waters. And they have demonized the American energy industry at every turn. They're, they're dragging their feet on issuing permits for liquefied natural gas exports, et cetera, et cetera. I've been uh, in too many committee hearings on the Oversight Committee where the Democrats vilify the American energy sector. They are uh, absolute far-left loons. They're living in orbit around Neptune and not living in the bounds of reality. And, yes, there is – a certain bottleneck of refining capacity. You want to know why? Because liberals oppose any new refineries being built in the United States. Of course we need more refineries. But just take the handcuffs off the American energy sector, and the United States and the rest of the world will be far better off. Well, what about the fact that, the, the again, I'm just taking their devil's advocacy position, that even if sure. we started started drilling for oil at the rate we were uh, in the prior administration, there's no place to refine it. All the refineries well, are running flat out. Yeah. Now that that's ask the energy, ask the American energy uh, sector experts, and they'll tell you that you're far better off producing more oil. And yes, the refineries can do amazing things. Uh, they can. It's not going to solve the issue overnight, though. Let's be fair. If President Trump were to come back into office today and reinstitute uh, policies that made America energy independent, that doesn't happen overnight. So there is a lag, and that's what happens when you have the wrong administration in office for 18 months well and, and clearly you know we 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 didn't immediately go to five dollar gas so it took us time to get there but it was going up prior to the invasion uh, by by vladimir putin of ukraine and that's simply through uh, if you'll forgive the expression through fuel on the fire but let's let's just let's climb a little higher uh, the another thing that is com- really causing the Biden administration to suffer uh, at the polls is the fact that our southern border is completely out of control, and it's causing problems in communities far, far away from the border. And the administration seems completely unwilling to do anything different than what they're doing. What is going? What is being said there on Capitol Hill? Well, it's amazing that they don't realize the political consequence because they're just catering to their far left base. So let's talk about real quickly, Paul, what's going on. Uh, under Joe Biden's administration, there's been 2.9 million people that have crossed the border illegally. 700,000 known gotaways as well added to that total. So that's 3.6 million, which is more than the population of 22 United States. The worst record, the worst month we've ever seen was April, which is 234,000 illegal border crossings, which was up 12. 158 percent from the last April President Trump was in office. But that was only surpassed, my friend, by May's numbers, which was nearly 240,000, which was 930 percent worse than the last May President Trump was in office. So it's about 10 times worse. It's an open and porous border. A million pounds of drugs have been seized on the border under uh, in, the, in the last year and a half. 7,000 pounds of fentanyl just in this fiscal year that re- directly resulted in 107,000 American death. And then you have Homeland Security Director Mayorkas under oath saying that the border is we have operational control of the border and the border is secure. He should be impeached. 
Congressman Pat Fallon, the Fourth District of Texas, is, is with us here at Fox Across America. You say, you, you you say all these things, and we and we talk about them all the time. Everybody is, you know, everybody on the right is looking forward to the midterms. When we, I think, pretty much everyone assumes that at the very least Republicans will regain the floor in the House. What changes as a result of that, if anything? Well, well, it's it's hard. You're right. I mean, that's a fair statement. What what I've been telling my constituents is, at least we can stop the bleeding. Or if you want to analogize it, we're drowning right now. We'll be able to tread water and then start swimming towards shore. Uh, because what will happen, let's just say we took over the House and the Senate. We can pass some legislation. Some will be blocked by a Senate filibuster, but we can pass some, particularly through reconciliation, and force Biden to, to veto it. I mean, hopefully he'll sign, sign it and come to the middle a little bit, but he hasn't shown any indication that he'll do that. So then we'll swamp him in 2024. They can't pass uh, you know, trillion-dollar spending bills anymore, even if we just have one of the chambers, because we're going to fight that. But we need to, our job is to tell the American people the truth and expose the realities of what's going on on the southern border. That the drug, the drug cartels are making wild profits. Estimates are as high as thirty billion dollars a year. But Paul, they're making about a billion dollars a month just in human smuggling now because they charge about four thousand dollars a head. And if you don't have your magic bracelet, according to the uh, Border Patrol, Customs Border, Border Patrol, you'll probably be murdered. So that's how the drug cartels rule. They rule with terror. Um, 160 countries have been represented by folks that have crossed the border illegally. And uh, we've had 16 straight months of at least 150,000 illegal border crossings. So it's chaos down there. Now, the political consequence that we've seen in Texas are Hispanics along the border are overwhelmingly starting to leave the Democratic Party in droves. We got Myra Flores elected to Congress and Ryan Guillen, an 18-year state rep that I serve with, switched parties, and he's now the Republican nominee. For state rep. So there is a price to be paid by the Democrats. Congressman Pat Fallon uh, with us here on Fox Across America. You sit on two committees. You sit on the House Armed Services Committee. You sit on the House Oversight and Reform Committee. Let's just take those in order. Armed Services, the state of our military today under this commander in chief. Well, um, it's unfortunate because Joe Biden is doing his best to politicize it. I mean, look at uh, Millie, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I want an American general in that position or American admiral. I don't want a Democratic or Republican Party admiral. And he's basically become the Democratic Party general. I mean, Schwarzkopf, Patton, uh, MacArthur, all those, they were American uh, flag officers. Milley is a Democratic flag officer. They're not uh, standing up to Biden, and they're instituting these crap woke policies like teaching CRT at the uh, service academies. The stand down was a joke. This thing about there's military or there's uh, political extremism within the military. That was a farce. Our office had to work very hard to get some real numbers. Paul, take a gander uh, of the 1.1 million Army reservists, active duty, and National Guardsmen were removed for uh, political extremism in one entire fiscal year. Of a million, there were nine. And they did a full stand down of the entire military because of this. This is a joke. This is awful, and we've got to change course or we're going to lose our, uh, you know, lethality in our military. Well, and, you know, we have uh, – you, you talk about the woke policies. You know, I, we all saw – We I think a lot of us saw the, uh, uh, the, the thing that the uh, Marines put out with the rainbow flag and the helmet. And, you know what, you can, you can say whatever you want to on that subject. Is that really the business of the Marines? No, the Marines are shoot straight. You know, and unit cohesion and protect the American uh, homeland. 
uh, and our interests overseas. But, you know, the recruiting has been worse than it has been since 50 years ago since the draft ended. I since asked Vietnam. General Officer. Yes. I asked the general officer in the Army if they're going to hit the recruiting goals four months ago, and he said, yes, very confident that he would. That was not true. They've only recruited – they've hit 40 percent of their goal. Of course, they lowered their goal, and now they have to lower their standards. If they had come to us and said on the Armed Services Committee while we were doing and formulating the National Defense Authorization Act and been forthcoming and honest, we could have set aside funds to increase incentives to get a a high-quality recruit into the military. They didn't do that. So now we're playing from behind in a very dangerous world. Moving on from the from the military, the the fact is, if the um, if the Republicans retake the House, the, the January sixth hearings will end, but a bunch of hearings will begin. One of the things I think some people, a lot of people, are interested in is what exactly is is the material on Hunter Biden's laptop telling us about the man in the uh, in the Oval Office. What can the House do about that when? Control changes. Oh, uh, we, <laughs> we take over control. I would expect the Judiciary Committee and the Oversight Committee to immediately get uh, uh, open hearings on just the truth, just justice. I'm not looking for a political witch hunt here on Biden or anybody else. I want to get to the truth. Did the president's son, uh, is he corrupt, which all indications are yes, and did Joe Biden know about it? And is he the big guy? Who the hell is, is Hunter Biden giving 10 percent? Who's he kicking up to? I would imagine the big guy would be his pops at 10 points. So if that happened, then he's unfit to serve as well. He's unfit to serve as president for many reasons. But that's criminal activity. So we need to get to the bottom of it. Furthermore, uh, if you want to talk about January 6th, why didn't Nancy Pelosi, why doesn't she let the sergeant at arms uh, be interviewed? Why is this a committee that has really only Democrats? Because Kinzinger and Cheney have become spokespeople for the Democratic uh, Party, the National <laughs> Democratic Party. Um, so, yeah, we just need to get to the truth of what the heck is going on. Well, so with respect to the Hunter Biden laptop, let's say, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of doubt in anybody's mind. No, but nobody will be surprised if you dig into that and find out there's there's corruption. But you know, one, I think one of our disappointments out here in the in the in the in the hinterlands out out in the country i think one of our disappointments is nothing substantive ever seems to really come from congressional hearings you know you're well, you're not wrong i mean obviously watergate there were pretty substantial things that came out of that and uh, iran contra there were some findings that came out of that and that's the kind of hearings that we need to have is uh that we need they need to be comprehensive they need to be fair they need to be just and they need to be extensive and if there's nothing there, then there's nothing there. I think that there is something there. That's why you have the hearings in the first place, to find out the truth so then justice can be administered. But we have to be bold. President Reagan said it, Paul, you know, 30, 40 years ago. We don't paint with soft we got to paint with bold colors. The American people want that. They're going to give us the mandate to do just that when the red – it's not the red wave when the red tsunami hits in November. Okay, the red tsunami. Republicans have had a real, real talent for fumbling the ball when they get in the position. (laughs) So how do we keep that from happening again? You have to elect better Republicans, and I would say elect conservative Republicans. I mean, Paul, to be very honest, I was in the Texas Senate. We represent more people in the Texas Senate than a member of Congress does, and we were in charge. It was a wonderful position to be in. 
but this is about serving the country and looking for your best and highest use. I ran for Congress because we need to be bolder. We need to be firm in our commitments to our, our campaign rhetoric should match what we actually do and our legislation. So your words should match your actions. There's not enough people where the words match their actions. So I've talked to Kevin McCarthy personally and so have many other members and said, you know, we cannot be Paul Ryan 2.0 or John Boehner 3.0. We need to go in a different direction, a bolder direction, an unapologetic conservative direction to where we do the bidding of the American people and we actually follow through with what we tell them we're going to do. Well, that all sounds wonderful, and I really, really hope that it comes to pass because we clearly in the country clearly need to change course. This is not working. This, I've, I, have a, I have two daughters, one of whom just graduated college. I'd like for her to have brighter prospects than what I'm seeing right now. Congressman Pat Fallon from Texas's 4th District, thanks a whole lot for being a part of the program today. Paul, thanks for having me on. God bless you, and uh, look forward to coming back anytime. I look forward to having you. There he goes, Congressman Pat Fallon from the great state of Texas. Here we go with a commercial break. We'll be back with more after the break. Stay with us. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Well, we here at Fox Across America note with sadness uh, the uh, passing of James Cobb. Uh, one of the great uh, great movie actors of, of our day. He was uh, born to Jewish immigrant parents, but somehow managed to always get roles as an Italian gangster in movies from The Godfather uh, to Mickey Blue Eyes. A, 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 a great actor, also a great comic actor. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. He was one of my favorites. He, he died yesterday. The news came out today that he died. He was 82 years old. Actor James Kahn. Uh, has has left us, and, and we will miss him. He was a lot of fun to watch. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. Next half hour, I want to take your calls at 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. Let's talk about the fact that this this administration is clearly on a bad trajectory, on a, on a headed the wrong way. Why on earth? Do they not change direction for the benefit of the American people? And truly, just from pure self-interested point of view, if you're a Democrat, for the, for the benefit of the Democratic Party, because what they're doing is not working. Joe Biden has historically low approval numbers. 85% of Americans, nearly 9 out of 10 Americans now believe that the country is on the wrong track. It costs too much to fill up our cars. It costs too much to go to the grocery store. It costs too much to rent an apartment. It costs too much to buy clothes. We have inflation that we that we thought was a relic of the 1970s, back with a vengeance. Clearly, something needs to change. Why won't they change? It would be it would be good for their own party. And, oh, my goodness, it might actually be good for the country. We need a change in direction on energy policy, on immigration policy, on our approach to crime, on, on our approach to a whole list of problems that, that, are, that are bedeviling the country that we just need to fix. It's not a, not a Republican issue, not a Democratic issue. It's an American issue. We are not doing well at the moment, and we know we can do better. 
Why won't the administration change course? They could do so and might actually improve their election prospects in the midterms and in 2024. Your thoughts on that, 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. I'm Paul Gleiser here from KTBB Radio, Tyler Longview, Texas. Filling in for Jimmy, I'll be here the rest of the show today and tomorrow. And I look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you will follow me at my weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. That's you tell me texas.com i say what i think you say what you think that's why we call it what we call it back after this live from everywhere usa it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh yes it is it's paul gleiser sitting in for jimmy Fallon. i'll be here the, for the remainder of the show this hour and then uh three hours tomorrow jimmy will return on uh, monday He's taken a week off after the 4th of July break, and he will be back to work uh, starting next week. But meanwhile, I'm here, and I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Charlie in Longview, you have uh, been extraordinarily patient. You're up on Fox Across America. Yeah, I was calling about uh, putting governors on automobiles on the federal government fleet. And bring down okay, the price yeah, all right. of gas so the, real quick. You, you don't mean you don't mean political governors. You mean mechanical governors I'm, that control I'm speed. Mechanical governors, right? Right. Okay. There's so many government employee automobiles out there that just putting them on the government employees' uh, vehicles would limit them on <clears throat> how much gas they use. And, uh, okay, but that, you know that's fine, and it would it'd be kind of a little symbolic victory, and we'd say you know the, the 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 government employees would not be able to drive as fast as the rest of us, but it's not going to do anything material to help us with five dollar oil, five dollar gas. Well, if you bring you bring down the use of oil for those, just the government, it should yes. have an effect. Well, I mean, yeah, we got a lot but, of federal vehicles out there. Yeah, I understand that, but you're going to have to do way more than that, Don, in order to uh, in order to have a material yeah. impact on the pri- on the price of oil, which is what drives the price of gas. Uh, then, well, you got to start down. somewhere. No, I don't disagree. I I, I agree with you. We got to start somewhere, and 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 putting mechanical governors on those cars. Okay, that's fine. You know, the 55 mile an hour speed limit, by the way, didn't work. It did not save any energy. It was a failed policy. 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. The post-mortem was done on that when when it was implemented in the 1970s when gasoline prices exploded and we had a hard time getting enough gas. to, And we had even days and odd days and all that stuff that went on in the 1970s. During the Carter administration, we implemented the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. It didn't save a drop of oil. It didn't save a drop of gas. It kept vehicles on the roads longer. The same amount of gas got burned. It was a failed policy. Well, that's the way it goes. Yeah, I understand that. Don, appreciate your call. That you know, the the fact the fact is, you know, we, this does. If you were old, if you were alive then, a lot of what's going on feels an awful lot like the 1970s when Jimmy Carter was the president, and um, and we had what he himself he actually didn't say the word, but became described as the malaise speech. 
where we just didn't feel good about ourselves and the country just wasn't doing well. An awful lot of things reminiscent of that going on. Uh, that, uh, that opens up a line at 888-788-9910. Um, uh, who we have? Mark in Bradenton, Florida. You're next on Fox Across America. Okay, we lost, we, we lost that. We have, uh, that was Charlie in, in Longview we had earlier. Now we get Don in Kilgore, Texas, where we produce oil. Don, you're next on, the, uh, on Fox Across hey. America. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm calling with direct knowledge on why you don't see that saltwater carburetor. It's the same reason Good. you don't was, see my a, a friend of mine's carburetor. It wasn't a friend until he came into my shop one day in Colorado, and he developed a carburetor in 1954 to the gallon of gasoline. A little bit of that dropped out. It, do what? Hold on, hold on. A little of that dropped out, Don. So say it again. What happened? Okay. He developed a carburetor. That averaged 80 miles to the gallon of gas in 1954. Okay. At the patent level, the government swooped in and told him that he had to sell them their patent and he would never get it out into the market. So he sold them the patent. Years later, he walks into my shop and asked me if I would reproduce parts for him. And we did, but it always had to be on the down low. And that's the reason why you don't see a lot of private inventors, because I've worked with a lot of them, to develop their products. And then when they go to patent them, the government moves in on the patent level and forces a lot of these people out. Okay, so it's, it's, that's, it's kind of conspiracy theory is what you're saying. The government is well, working. Well, no, it, it's, not a, it's not a theory, my friend. It is true. It is true, just like perpetual motion. They say that doesn't exist. I met some gentleman. I didn't help him with it, but I met the gentleman that invented a machine that has perpetual motion. And I don't know what happened to my friend. He, he wasn't really a friend. It was a, a work guy that I met, and, and he asked me for some engineering advice. But I never, I never saw him again, and he was trying to get that patent. So they're not theories. This actually happens, and I used to have a top security clearance in DOE. Okay, so I'm well, not just—I'm not pressing. I'm not telling you stories. If you and I were to sit down, I could actually blow your mind with some of the stuff that happened. But that's why you don't so, see these kind of inventions. Why would the government want to hold back something that would uh, be transformative to the wealth of the nation? Because the government doesn't care about the wealth of the nation. They care about their power and their money. And if they came out with something that got 75 miles to the gallon, the gas companies would suffer. Just like the medical stuff. I, I would blow your mind on a medical machine that actually exists this day and time that has roots back into 1943 and in the early 40s that has been documented in history. And that machine is not allowed in the public because of what's going on. Now, we have the machine, and we do our thing with it to help people get over. And uh, there's a lot of proof behind it. But we have to run yeah. undercover because the government has already tried to shut us down several times. Okay. All right. Well, Don, listen, I appreciate your call. I appreciate you calling that to our attention. Uh, that frees up a line at 888-788-9910. Listen, you know, I, I'm a little bit at a loss there. If 
I don't know. I'm just at a loss to respond to that. I don't know whether it's true or not. It, 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 on the one hand, you say that sounds crazy. On the other hand, we we have seen that government will lie to us, and they'll look us right in our eye and lie to us. So you don't know. The, the problem that we have in the country now is you really, really don't know who to believe. For all we know, Don's telling the truth there, even though it sounds a little bit crazy. You would figure somehow, some way, if, a, if, a, if there were a way to get 80 miles to a gallon out of, a gas, out of gasoline, it would have bubbled up to the surface somehow by now. That's my, that's my bit of skepticism on it. Here's the whole thing about, about you know, energy. We're busy saving the planet. We have this idea in the country that that we're going to have some sort of a utopian source of energy that's going to be clean, that's going to be abundant, that's going to be uh, it will be completely renewable, and will have no impact on, on the on the environment. And such a thing doesn't exist. And a couple of weeks ago, I wrote an article at my website, youtellmetexas.com, that says that. And I'm quoting a guy. Uh, an article that uh, was written by a guy named Brian Gitt, uh, and, he, and his article was, in, was entitled Chasing Utopian Energy, How I Wasted 20 Years of My Life. He describes himself as an energy entrepreneur, investor, and writer. And in his he detailed a career as a clean energy activist and later as the CEO of a consulting firm that, quote, commercialized clean energy technologies. And for he, for the purposes of this discussion, he defines utopian energy as energy that is, and again quoting, abundant, reliable, inexpensive, and also clean, renewable, and life-sustaining. He says in his article that his, his he describes his personal journey that led him to conclude that utopian energy is the same as utopian society. That is to say, it is a fantasy. Uh, I'm sure he's a very, very bright man. I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. I could have because I came to understand at a very early age that there is no energy source anywhere that is environmentally benign. And that's why I have so little patience with the Biden administration and this fixation on, on the Green New Deal and green energy. There is no such Thing as an environmentally benign energy source. Any source of energy requires a, a, an impact on the earth. Let's take the so-called zero-emission electric vehicles as an example. EVs require very large batteries. Those batteries require lithium, a strategic mineral, the market for which is controlled almost exclusively by China. Lithium requires copious amounts of water to mine in a process that creates enormous environmental damage, not that the Chinese have ever cared much about the environment. The electricity to charge those batteries comes mostly from burning natural gas or coal to generate heat or to boil water to create steam to create the pressure to turn electric generating turbines. That is not by any stretch zero emission. The greenies say, well, okay, well, we kind of know that. So the greenies say, yeah, but wind and solar power. But they never, ever mention the massive amount of land that has to be commandeered for wind farms. They never talk about the wholesale slaughter of migratory birds that wind farms cause. They never talk about the rare earth materials, again, largely controlled by China, that must be mined and processed in order to make solar panels. And never mind that while the need for energy is constant, 
the wind doesn't always blow, and the sun doesn't always shine. Let me tell you what's going on right now where I'm sitting. The the sun is shining like crazy because it's hot here in Texas, but the wind is not blowing at all. Gitt's article, his, his, his story does a pretty good job of deconstructing the mythology of the green energy movement. It concludes with a list of eight principles by which we, which that is to say we through our administration, the Biden administration, should evaluate energy policy, the most important of which he lists first. And it is, and this is a quote. Does an energy source enable a country to maintain its autonomy? Controlling access to critical minerals and natural resources to make affordable, reliable energy is a precondition for liberty and self-determination. Relying on energy imports or minerals from other countries puts country puts a nation at risk. That's a quote from Mr. Gitt's article. The Carter administration, of which we just spoke, was apparently mindful of that and thus created the U.S. Department of Energy in 1970, the purpose of which was to achieve energy independence following the 1973 Arab oil embargo. And what an enormous irony it is then, 45 years later, that that same department makes no mention of energy independence at all and now promotes policy that merely substitutes batteries from China over oil from the Middle East. That's the policy making that we have. We deserve better, and we are all suffering as a result. And that's what I want to talk about here, and that's what everybody's talking about in one way or another. We're paying too much for gasoline. We're paying more than we should have to. There is no way that we should be doing this on the altar of green energy because such doesn't exist. There is going to be some impact on the environment from any source of energy. And the fact that our leaders apparently don't understand this should be disturbing to us all. So what do you think? 888-788-9910. I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela. Love to hear from you and love for you to be a part of the show. More of which is coming up after the break. Hope you'll stay with us. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! Nerds! You're listening to Fox Across America. Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. We go right to the phones. David in Fort Myers, Florida, you're next on Fox Across America. Hello, David. How you doing, Paul? Uh, first off, I just want to say you're doing an amazing job. Well, that's nice of you to say. Thank you. Can I give you my yeah, wife's um, <laughs> well, I, I want to say I'm a 11th generation documented American. Um, first ancestor came over in 1673, and I'm proud of it, and I think more people should be proud of this country. But I wanted to talk about what you were talking about with fuel and, you know, renewable energy and things like that. It's, you know, in this push with the government, it's, I don't think by we should just point the finger at Biden. We should really be pointing the finger at AOC and Granholm and all these people. Like it's their agenda and it's failing. And I don't well, want true. the Republican Party to lose on these votes. Like that's a good opportunity to really rifle at these people. It's your fault. 
and it's failing, what's your answer to that? You know what I mean? Well, it's, my answer, my, okay, are you asking me what my answer is, or are you asking them rhetorically what their answer well, is? Well, I, I, rhetorically, I'm saying, but. Okay, all right. And I don't get how they can, how nobody's talking about, like, okay, we're, it's bad to drill for fossil fuel, but it's not bad to mine out the world for cobalt and lithium. Well, that's the amount of fresh water it takes to produce those things. Like you're you're destroying millions of gallons of fresh water to produce just a tiny bit of lithium, but then you end up with this giant hole. What's the difference? How is that That energy efficient? I mean, that's what I want answers to. And people to point at these people, like, what's your answer for that? As long as it's not in your backyard, it's okay. That's a that's a that's absolutely fair fair question and a fair point. And the thing, here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. You may not know this there in Florida, but the biggest wind producing state, wind energy producing state in the country, is Texas. We right. produce more wind energy than any other any other state in the union. I'm not against wind energy; it has its place. Oh, Neither am I, and I think we need time to figure out a better way. But, you know, the shotgun reaction to we need to get rid of this now and just bomb it is ridiculous. And it's, well, it's we're seeing the effects of it. And, I, it, you know, I blame Biden, but I also blame the people that are in his ear, Kerry and Granholm and the rest of them. I mean, they're the ones that are breaking this country apart. And it's it's just so frustrating. You know, and the the Chinese who are, are laughing at us are are the yes. most the most pol- most polluting country in the world. They they bring a new coal fired electric plant online about every ten minutes. They have no in- intention whatsoever of becoming environmentally fastidious. They are very happy for us to cripple ourselves uh, economically due to due to insane and uh, ill advised energy policies. They are not going to do. Anything. They're the biggest polluter on the planet, and they will be uh, tomorrow and a year from now and five years from now and ten years from now. They're not going to change anything, even though you can't breathe the air in Beijing. Meanwhile, well, this is we a, are – go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but these cars, like, okay, I get it. I get the idea, but we're not ready for it. But you're also pushing, really, a disposable car. People are not buying these cars like we used to back in the day. You buy a car for the family, you keep it, yep. you take care of it, you wax it. These are disposable hey, cars. And then when David, the battery I'm a, runs out. Yep. I'm, I'm about to be rude to you because I'm up against a hard break. But listen, you made some great points, and I'm glad you called. I appreciate it. And you uh, you be safe there in Fort Myers. All right, David? Thanks a lot. Paul Glazer sending in for Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America. More coming up. Go away. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. You may remember uh, back on the 2nd of July, the president blamed gasoline re...
fall off of the high prices of gasoline. Uh, and uh, he said that and was immediately taken to task. One guy who took him to task was a guy named Sal Rosalvito, who's a former gasoline station owner. He's now the executive director in New Jersey of the association, that uh, the trade group that represents convenience store and gasoline retailers. And he said this, cut three. They are not making any more today than they were making last month, the month before, or even a year ago. The president's statement is absolutely ridiculous. And in fact, it's so untethered from reality that I'm thinking he had to actually misspeak. Or he really just doesn't have an understanding of how things work. And I was quite frustrated and actually pretty annoyed that he would even make the suggestion that it's the corner gas station, the quintessential small business of America that is causing this problem. And as I said at the first hour, it is a lack of understanding of small business in general that is a real indictment of the people that are currently running the country from the president on down through his cabinet. To talk about that, on the line with us, we have Congressman Kevin Hearn, who represents the first congressional district of the state of Oklahoma, one state to our north here in Texas, and another energy-producing state. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Paul, it's great to be with you. So, so, so much material and so little time to Thank- talk about it, right? Out the fact really wants to help itself while helping the country. It needs to change course with respect to energy policy and just say, we tried to do too much too fast, but we, 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 we're committed to green energy, but we know it's going to take longer than we thought, so we're going to loosen up on the oil and gas industry. I think that would be a political good move. It certainly would help the country. What do you think? Well, probably for the Democrats, it would, it would assure them a lot more seats, uh, less than they're going to lose this fall. But uh, I will tell you, you know, I, I was in business 35 years before going to Congress uh, some three and a half years ago. And people ask me, what's the craziest thing about Congress in Washington, D.C.? And it's what you're seeing right now. It's how many people talk about things they absolutely know nothing about. And this White House, uh, Joe Biden is, must still be in the basement, and they let him out every once in a while. But you're, what you're seeing is somebody that's been a career politician that has no touch with reality of how Americans struggle. You're seeing this when his, with his comments about gas stations. You're seeing this with the inflation that he caused with incredible spending. You're seeing this at the southern border where he's creating so much harm, uh, not just by allowing people to come across the border, but more people have died under his watch of illegally crossing the border. And now we know that some 100,000 people died last year from fentanyl overdoses directly related to fentanyl coming across the southern border, and it's only growing. And Texas, because it is a border state, has said, we're tired of this invasion. We want to be able to do something about it. But, you know, Paul, as you've seen across the country, uh, we're seeing fentanyl now being, uh, you know, got uh, confiscated across America. Colorado just had enough fentanyl caught uh, in, a, in, a, in a stop that would kill 30 million people. So this, this president is completely out of touch with reality. Now it's deadly. Well, and the, that's the thing is that I, again, talk particularly in the first hour. We have all these. But they have, they have uh, elite university degrees. They, they truly believe themselves to be the best and the brightest, and yet they have no real understanding of how the economy works and how. 
to 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 feed their families and and we keep they keep getting finding the ways to be in charge. Well, Paul, what you're seeing right now is you're seeing social dem- socialist Democrats that are seeing this opportunity like they've never had before, which is to take our country to a communist country, which is where Bernie Sanders wants to take it, and they're not going to miss the opportunity to do so under this president who's not in control of anything. And they're you know regardless of how many deaths at the southern border, how much inflation, how much you know, people are dependent upon the federal government. They're on a mission to destroy fossil fuels once and for all and, you know, make us dependent on Iran and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for our oil and gas. And, you know, we talk about that dependency, but we also need to remember we're going to be sending billions of dollars of taxpayer money to pay for this oil and gas to the largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, and that's Iran. Well, let me ask you something. I ask this of every member of Congress that I talk to on the radio. You're, you're up there on Capitol Hill. You're moving through the hallways. You've, surely you have people, you, you have colleagues, Democrats on the, on the other side of the aisle that, that you see and are friendly with. To what degree are they this administration here after 600 days of it? Well, what you're seeing is uh, people that are being threatened with, uh, you know, their chairmanships, their gavels of, of respective committees. Uh, they're they're fearful. The ones that do stand up are the ones that are attacked by the Democrats, uh, like uh, Henry Cuellar down in South Texas, who's standing up to this egregious action of allowing the southern border to be wide open. And what do you have happen? You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Nancy Pelosi campaign against him. He's the only pro-life Democrat left in all of Congress, and so he's taking a ton of heat from that as well. So when you do stand up for what's right in America, if you're a Democrat, you get ostracized by the Democrat Party. And this is really what our founders warned us about, is about this centralized power in Washington, D.C., and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer seeing this opportunity uh, because they think they're smarter than the American people. Well, what do you expect, assuming that all of the predictions and that the uh, Republic? Well, I think what you're going to see, uh, Paul, is you're going to see, first of all, the permanency of the, the Trump tax cut take place, where the American people get to keep their tax cuts and small businesses as well, as you alluded to early on. Uh, right now, they're set to expire at the end of 2025, and so that's a problem, uh, and it's going to really cost the, the American taxpayer trillions of dollars more that will be sent to Washington, D.C. So we, we've got to make those permits so the American people uh, can be more smart with their money than the federal government. So that's one thing you're going to see happen. You're also going to see a, a, real, uh, a, a real concerted effort to push back on China. Uh, we read this today. You know, we're, we saw yesterday where the FBI and CIA came together to say that China is, is creating some devastating uh, impact with their espionage that's happening not only here but also in the EU. And the Democrats have done absolutely nothing as it regards to China. Uh, one could argue that it has to do with the relationship that Hunter Biden and President Biden had with China prior to the election. So we're going to see all of this as we get into uh, January of next year. Do you ever see the day when some sanity returns to the Democratic Party and the far, 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 far left isn't as dominant of the agenda as they appear to be now? 
Well, I think when you get some of the old guard out of the way, uh, you know, you start the American people are real, actually you're saying it right now. When you saw the poll this earlier this week that said only 10 percent of Americans agree with the direction of this country, you know, the, the Democrats are on the, the left wing media station saying Republicans are crazy. But when you see 10, only 10 percent agree with the Democrat direction uh, currently, that's more than Republicans. That's Democrat independents that are also re- saying that this country the Democrat leadership in the House and in the White House is taking us down the wrong path and you know, take us on the verge of destroying the greatest nation that's ever existed. And so the, the people are going to speak this fall. There's going to be an overwhelming, could be the largest in history, of uh, Republicans uh, becoming in charge of the House. And once we get that, we have to leave. We have to balance our budget. We have to control our spending. We have to get our fiscal house in order and return uh, to the security of our great sovereign nation by securing our southern border and making sure we have military that's the proper military to defend this country into the future. Well, you're, you're on House Ways and Means, and you just brought something up. How long has it been since we, the, the Congress of the United States, has, has properly and in good order passed a budget? Well, to do the, the budget and then have the appropriation bills done and, and agreed to by both the House and the Senate, it's been since 2001. Uh, I chaired the budget committee on the Republican uh, study committee last year, did the only budget in Congress last year that balanced in five and a half years due to the increase in spending and interest rates this year. I did this, the budget again this year. Uh, it took five and a half months both time to do the budget. Uh, this year was a little under seven years uh, to balance the federal budget. There, there is no other budget like it in the world. Uh, I took great pride in leading a team of uh, 11 Republicans last year, 16 this year. I've been in Congress now for almost four years. I sat on the budget committee uh, led by a Democrat. Uh, there's never been a budget done by the House Budget Committee since I've been in Congress for four years now. Uh, it's insane. It's the first duty. What we should, the first bill we should pass is that if we don't pass a budget and appropriation bill, that no member of Congress should get paid. They shouldn't go home. Their staff shouldn't go home. We should sit down and work to retain a return to the fiscal sanity that we saw under Newt Gingrich back in 1997, 8, 9, and 2000 when we had the same scenario. We had the majority in the House and the Senate, and we had a Democrat in the White House, Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton took the opportunity to latch on to a balanced budget that was created then by the first majority uh, Republican in the House in 40 years. And so we need to do that same thing again. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to not get paid until we get it done. All my colleagues in the Congress, both House and Senate, should do the same thing. Is the budget currently, as to given what we've committed to as a nation, is it balanceable? It is. You have to make some tough decisions. You have to look at where the spending is. Uh, as I've said in both times when I uh, talked about the budget, both last year and this year, everybody has to give a little so that nobody has to give everything. And that's no different than when you are running a business. If you're trying to, to fix your budget, uh, you know, Paul, here's the thing. The only place in the United States that doesn't have to balance their budget is the federal government. And the only money that's we have correct. are the taxpayer dollars. And we're totally irresponsible uh, you know, I'm doing my part in creating, leading a, a group to, to balance the budget. But we have to sit down and have a conversation, both Republicans and Democrats. I'm the first to tell you that both Republicans and Democrats have been guilty of not cutting uh, the spending appropriately, uh, you know, going cutting taxes but not cutting the spending. And so we have to be you know, judicious in this. The American people demand it. They have to balance their budget. You have to. I have to personally. Businesses. I, like I said, I was in business 35 years. I couldn't keep doing what 
you know, we'd be bankrupt as America. Hey, our corporations, our states, our counties, our cities have to balance their budgets. The federal government, just because we get on the plane and fly to Washington, D.C., doesn't relieve us of the duty of balancing the budget as the first action we do every Congress. You know, as I, I led the show off talking about um, the small business owners who are, are do not have the luxury of being uh, bound up in ideology. If they have a great idea and they really believe in it, but in the real world it doesn't work, you have to give up on it and you have to change. You have to do something else if what you're doing is not working. This government refuses to do that. Well, what happens in government, as I've learned in my short time there, instead of uh, scrapping a program and starting with something else, we go layer upon layer. As an example, you know, there's so much ado made about, well, Republicans do, could do more to help with child care or to help with home, you know, uh, budget or, or school debt and things like that. Well, everybody needs to know we have 92 programs, federally backed programs in America today that we spend about a trillion dollars a year on helping those who need help. We're the most benevolent nation, not only in the, you know, not as only in the Western Hemisphere, but around the world. We help more people than any other nation anywhere whether it's in defense of democracy or in history. And the same thing with our people here. The, the poorest of our poor, it would be in the top 1% of the wealthiest in the world. And we do a lot as a government, a lot, a trillion dollars a year. What we have to do is make those programs more accessible to more people because they're already authorized and appropriated. And if they're not working, we should get rid of them and fix the program. But instead of having those conversations for political purposes – uh, people want to, you know, go add another program and spend another hundred billion dollars or five hundred billion dollars. And when you talk about this, I get no pushback. I, I talked about this in ways and means, uh, you know, an open meeting uh, two weeks ago, and nobody will push back on it because they all know it's true. Kevin Hearn uh, from the uh, first district of Oklahoma, congressman, member of the. Uh, House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, Kevin, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us, agree with everything you said. Let's hope it comes to pass because um, we can't keep doing what we're doing. That's for sure. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Congressman. We appreciate it. Uh, that's uh, There he goes, Congressman Kevin Hearn. Here we go. Commercial break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Stick around. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. It's been a lot of fun being here today. I'll be back tomorrow. We have time to wrap up the show with one last call. It's George in Brownsboro, Texas. George, you got about a minute and a half. Go. Yes, sir. Well, there is a precedent to protect Texas borders against a president that is ignoring them. Back in 58, the governor of Texas got tired of the Indians coming out of southwest Indian territory, tore it, tearing strips as far east as Palestine, Texas. You know where that is. And he sent the Texas right. militia under two Texas Rangers and 114 Takawa Indians into southwest Indian territory. And at the Battle of Antelope Hills, put an end. So maybe yeah. our current uh, governor should take care of our border. In other words, to take military action against to invade, I'm lost here, invade Mexico? I mean, well, Not necessarily invade Mexico, no, but go ahead and accept responsibility and take over the border uh, duties because the president is not. 
Well, I think he's tried to do a lot of that. I know that that he is interdicting um, uh, inside the state of Texas, off the border where where the where he has law enforcement authority. He is rounding up uh, the illegals. He's. I mean, I think he's doing what he can. You get into some really sticky wickets constitutionally on all of this, and um, right. It- it's hard. And that 58 it's hard. governor, right? And that 1858 governor sent the military into Indian territory in violation of federal law. At yeah, this point, okay. you got to protect I'm, your own. I know, I'm, but I'm going to stop short of, of recommending that the governor of Texas violate federal law. Okay. I mean, I think I mean I I don't think you 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 win any hearts and minds who saying those people are violating the law. I'm going to violate the law. I, I'm. And, and, and in the end, in the end, George, listen, I appreciate your frustration, but in the end, that we have to win heart, we have to win hearts and minds on this topic. <clears throat> we have to convince people that have that as much as we'd like to be compassionate to people who are coming here simply because they want a better life, as much as we have as we as we, as we have empathy for those people, we simply cannot afford uh, an unlimited invasion. Of of uneducated poor migrants who are going to consume social services, clog up our schools, clog up our hospitals, uh, take the resources of law enforcement, and 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 reduce the quality of life for our own citizens. We can't live with that, and we need to convince people of that. And so far, a lot of people don't don't think that's the case. But that's what we that's the real job. Appreciate your call, George. Paul Gleiser sitting in for uh, Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. We're going to do it again tomorrow. Hope you'll do it with us. Until then, make it a great day and uh, be safe and God bless America. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.